San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle, and a good night down to Cabo, out to the desert. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iowamoney.com. If you download the app for 760KFMB, you can hear us on any device as the show airs. And we stream live on 760KFMB.com. And now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinary. He's an accomplished marathon runner. He's a best-selling author, a lecturer, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. Richard Musio, good evening. How are you? Doing marvelous, Joe. It's good to be here as always. Yes, yeah, sur- surviving the heat, and I, I assume um, we're having a little humidity or whatever. But uh, hey, it is the hey, summer. It's summertime, okay? Yeah, can't believe July is almost already just, here for God's sake. Just go sake. jump in the ocean. <laughs> That's what I do. Anyway, we got a pretty cool show uh, tonight because uh, look, the legalization of marijuana and cannabis have been uh, issues that have been um, stirred up uh, for many, many years and months now, and. And most recently, because of all, I guess there's a lot of uh, tax revenue that's been recognized. And, of course, we have uh, states that have legalized it and are, are recognizing great gains there. And uh, we're going to get into the, all the data and blowback and whatever. But uh, on the line, uh, we have with us the founder of Gridiron Cannabis. Um, his name is Mike Sindrich. And he, he's also the executive director of the uh, normal, the chapter, the single chapter of Normal, the, the, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. N O R M L. There you go. And he's also a co founder of Green Capital Ventures. So we'll get into all of that with him. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. All right. Now, did you play football yourself or n- not? Oh, yeah. I started at a uh, young age playing midget football in fourth grade and, and played all the way through college until an injury uh, sidelined me. And then I just decided yeah. to get off the field, knew I wasn't going to play in the pros. Gotcha. So you were a pretty accomplished player, I take it, huh? Where, and where... Uh, enough to uh, play uh, D1 delay in college, but uh, not enough to, uh, to go any further than that. We're getting a little muddled sound there, so i try to talk right into, I don't know if that's our board or whatever. But uh, so uh, where'd you go to school? Where'd you play your football? Uh, I went to uh, Bucknell University. Which one? Oh, back east, Bucknell. Buck- oh, Bucknell. Yeah, Bucknell. Yeah. Heard of them, heard of them. And then, um, all right, so then uh, you, you eventually matriculated to San Diego, and um, how'd you get involved with the whole cannabis movement? Uh, well, you know, I started off my legal career as an attorney uh, with the district attorney's office in San Diego. Huh. So I spent a year as a prosecutor. Did not know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then when I left the DA's office, I opened my own law firm, and uh, some of my first clients were medical marijuana patients. Gotcha. So uh, how recently was that? When did you open your first your, your law firm? Uh, that was 2008. 2008. Okay. Well, uh, obviously, there's been a big movement now for the, um, the opening of these uh, cannabis uh, dispensaries around town. And I think there's, it's kind of come and gone in waves. I, I think there was a big influx. And then I think there's been a crackdown with regulation and... Um, my whole thing is this. I mean, I'm, I'm all for legalization of anything that could be of benefit or value to, to us, uh, whether it's medically or otherwise. But, uh, uh, you know, what's wrong? What, I guess you have to get a prescription from your physician to, to get medical marijuana. Is that correct? Uh, it's actually a recommendation or approval from a physician, and that allows individuals to uh, cultivate for personal use, possess, 
uh, use cannabis and, and visit the uh, dispensaries. Gotcha, gotcha. But, Mike, are all cities the same in terms of their laws, or is, is that part of the confusion? That's part of the confusion is uh, different cities have different regulations, different counties have different regulations, and uh, they're constantly changing. Yeah. Now, of course, in Colorado, Colorado's legalized. Any other states have totally legalized it yet? We have Oregon, Washington, Alaska, and uh, Washington, D.C., Okay. And for all practical purposes, Hawaii, even though it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, they they just legalized medical, but I have a feeling that uh, we'll see adult use at some point in the near future. So the the data shows what? That, um, you know, the states are making a lot of money, tax revenue, and they're strapped for cash. So that's a a strong argument in favor, right? How's Colorado doing uh, uh, revenue-wise? Uh, Colorado's making a ton of revenue. They actually uh, got to the point where they had to refund some uh, some of that tax revenue to the Colorado citizens. Really? How about that? How much are, do you know? Do you, do you have any gross figures for us uh, as far as uh, tax revenue that they've recognized? Do you know anything off the, off the top of your head or? Off the top of my head, I, I don't, but, but I know that uh, the economy is is doing very strong right now in Colorado. Jobs are up. Uh, real estate prices are up, uh, tax revenue coming in from medical cannabis and, and now adult use cannabis. Mm-hmm. Uh, state's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you're also involved with something called LEAV, L-E-A-V. What is that all about? Uh, LEAP, uh, it's oh, Law Leap. Enforcement Against Prohibition. Oh, okay. All right. And it's a group of current and former members of law enforcement who uh, support drug regulation uh, instead of prohibition. Gotcha. gotcha. So, Mike, when you were at the DA's office, were you prosecuting marijuana cases? You know, I did have a handful of marijuana cases uh, while I was there. Uh, oftentimes, the, the, these cases go straight to the uh, narcotics division or the judge unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't in that division, but uh, I, I occasionally would, would handle a marijuana case or two. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you've collaborated with, I guess we're going to have Brandon Hahn in, in the second half. Um, so how did you guys cross paths as football players? And, and I, I am assuming in the football world, uh, Probably the, uh, the self-medicating goes on quite a bit anyway, right? There, there are a large number of uh, football players who are using cannabis for medical purposes. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, and then tell us a little bit about Green Capital Ventures. Uh, it's a new fund that you, a firm that you founded. Yeah, it's a uh, consulting firm and holding company. I, I discovered as an attorney I was somewhat limited in the work that I could do for clients, uh, and so I decided to uh, open a consulting firm, uh, which allowed us to uh, assist clients in multiple states and uh, multiple areas, not just legal compliance. Gotcha. And how's the, uh, how are the winds blowing in, in Sacramento? What do, you, what do you think lies ahead for California? Is there going to be a proposition coming up on the ballot uh, about this? Uh, I think there is, right? Yeah, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act uh, will be on the, on the ballot in November, and support is very high for it. Um, it's not, there's not a lot of support, actually, amongst the, the medical marijuana community, but amongst the general public, there does seem to be a large amount of support. Yeah, how are the polling numbers going? Do you think the general, is it, is it above 50% right now? With the, the... Oh, yeah. Last number I saw was close to 58%. Huh. So it's looking very likely. So that'll be adult use. And um, now we already have uh, the medical use uh, approved, but it seems like there's been some kind of a blowback on this uh, among certain uh, jurisdictions, right? Um, and even the Well, f- we've had a, a decriminalized system for the last, say, uh, 15 plus years, and, and now we finally have uh, the state pass the Medical Marijuana Regulation and Safety Act, 
uh, that licensing should start around 2018, and, and that will fully regulate the medical marijuana industry in California. Okay, and that'll be the first time that that happens? or Yeah, that'll be the first time that that's happened on a state level. Uh, we have different cities and counties that, that have adopted uh, legislation in order to regulate dispensaries and grow operations, manufacturing. But on a state level, that'll be the first time that this has happened in California. Mm-hmm. Now, how about the old Puritan argument about, you know, it being a gateway drug or whatever? I tell you, if, if I'm going to a Chargers-Oakland game, I'd rather have a, uh, a, a stadium filled with marijuana than alcohol because <laughs> I think there'll be less tendency for violence. Um, but uh, how do you respond to that with, with the Puritans, you know, that— I mean, I think it's a, I, I definitely don't think it's a gateway drug. If you look at anyone who's tried marijuana, they've likely tried alcohol or tobacco prior to that. So I think those mm-hmm. are the real gateway drugs. Yeah, and caffeine too, probably for that matter. Which uh, I, I'm guilty. I'm an addict. But my, my, <laughs> my quick question: are, are cities required to adopt the state law, or can they adopt their own specific law that's different than state? Uh, they are ultimately required to adopt laws that, that are uh, that, that fit with the state laws. They okay. can't do something completely different. They, they are allowed to ban uh, these activities, though. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, how's San Diego, the, the city, uh, cooperating? Have you, uh, what's been your experience uh, with regard to our, our local uh, um, governmental agencies here? Like the, the, uh, the city has been cracking down on illegal dispensaries, but uh, you know, now that they have an ordinance in place, they have been licensing uh, some legitimate dispensaries. However, the ordinance was extremely strict, extremely narrowly drafted, and it's only allowing, allowing a handful of dispensaries. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in San Diego. I think when you limit the number of dispensaries the way that the city has, it, it really uh, leaves open the door for the black market to thrive. And hopefully that doesn't happen, but I think the, uh, the writing's probably on the wall. Wonderful. Anyway, we've got to take our break. Thanks for bringing our guest, Mike Sinders. Good luck with the proposition. With, uh, and uh, we'll be right back after these words. Hang on. Thank you. We're back with hit you on your left. Uh, this segment we are going to talk. You got me up there, Justin. We're going to talk with Brandon Haw. Brandon played college football at Rutgers. He's got a Super Bowl ring from the Seattle Seahawks. What year was that, Brandon? His NFC Championship ring is 2006. We did lose to Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, Congratulations. Okay. <laughs> Sapphire. Yeah, All right, Sapphire's got to edit her emails a little bit. <laughs> That was my fault. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's just my shame. But but, some some anger still involved. But but you're a bona fide NFL player, play with a a lot of teams in in Europe, and then you've retired, and you're currently working in the medical cannabis field. And uh, and you went to Oaksterdam University, which is a cannabis university, and and what is that all about? Um, Well, actually, it's a a great university, man. Like, um... They teach you from all the laws, maybe if you want to even run your business, and then they go and, and teach you from the seed all the way to the harvest of exactly how to do it in a very, very organic way. If you want to use hydroponics, they have that too, but um, very informative. Um, I'm not the only uh, ex-NFL player that's been there. I'm not going to say the names, but they have walls and lists and pictures, and um, 
if 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 someone to ask me if they were to try to start to grow on any type of serious uh level for themselves, mm -hmm. I would tell them to go to Oaks Abandon University. Now, is that an, what is that, an online university, or what is that? Are they located somewhere? Is that they're, in, uh, they're in Oakland. Oh, they are in Oakland. Okay. Well, they're I in Oakland. You, walk, you go in, they got teachers. Yeah. All right. You sit in, you take notes. Yeah. Oh, cool beans. It's real, the whole thing. All right. I, I know, I, I guess you got the name from uh, Amsterdam, which is, that's a, that's a kind of a cool, you know what you call that, Richard, when you combine two names like that? It's, oh, that's a portmanteau. Did you know Port that? Portmanteau, yeah. But I, I mean, I knew it was Oakland and Amsterdam. Right. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, how, how, how many? portmanteau on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Very nice. How well many played. students, how many well students played. have gone, how many students have gone there? Oh, there's quite a bit. I got to be thousands, man. They yeah, have classes okay. all the time. Yeah, I looked, okay. I looked it's, on the, it's known. Yeah, I looked on the normal site there, and uh, I think they've got like 20, 25,000 alumni, for God's sake. Mm. So um, very uh, high enrollment, uh, so to speak. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so now you want to help players who are dealing. Look, let's get serious about the injuries and, and treatment and everything else. Uh, look, we, everyone knows in the NFL, uh, there's pain involved and a lot of times lifetime pain and um you're you're all about helping them uh d deal with uh you know their these injuries right and and uh so what what have we learned about cannabis and and uh, and football um what we've learned is there's uh actually no medicine right now for brain, the brain trauma that uh players have from um concussions so there is but there's not, you know, it's not hopeless because there's been studies using uh, marijuana overseas that uh, had a 50% recovery recovery rate from a, a doctor named Dr. Mashulam over in, um, I think, Hebrew University. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got in touch with uh, a guy named uh, Pete uh, with Canafit. And uh, right now, uh, I think in a month or so, uh, we're going to go in uh, front of some people to see if we can do some legitimate studies, you know, for our players and, and see if we can get them connected to, to try to find, a, you know, a like medicine to, to be possibly one of the uh, beginning stages of the first, you know, medicines for uh, brain trauma, anybody else that has this gotcha. kind of um, ailment. Not to mention all the physical pain, right, that uh, that they have to deal with as an, as an ex-player and actually probably as an active player, right? Absolutely. I'm saying cannabis is on the NFL prohibited list, though, correct? I mean, if they're drug Absolutely. tested. Yeah. Absolutely. Do, do you think that will ever change? Um, I know it's going to change because um, the NFL is uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of centered with, uh, you know, basically how the rest of the population feels about things and feels about them. Mm -hmm. So as soon as the public, you know, moves and, and says that um, we want this and, and we believe that it's okay, then the NFL will probably fall soon behind that. Mm -hmm. But the only way to do that is really just inform people. I try to tell people all the time, I don't ever have to push you to medical marijuana and its benefits. All I have to do is give you the information. You're going to go there on your own. Yeah. Right. Now, it's been legal in Canada for a long time. That's an entire country, right? Uh, any other countries that it's a... Uh... It's correct, Joe, that Canada is an entire country. I mean, <laughs> I mean, where it's legal, Richard. We don't have... they got provinces. Obviously, here, it's we're going piecemeal, piecemeal approach state by state. But um, right. are there any other countries that have, uh, in addition to uh, Canada, 
that have uh, legalized uh, cannabis. I think Uruguay did something, yeah. mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Jump in there, Sapphire, if you have any other thoughts on this. So. Yeah, definitely Uruguay did in 2010. Huh. We, by the way, didn't even introduce this person who just spoke. <laughs> We're going to get to Sapphire okay. more in the second half anyway, but... Um, but you're, I think you're right. You're right on there, um, uh, Brandon. Because as we get more states legalizing it and getting more aware uh, and dealing with, but you know, it's, look at we we actually banned. We had a prohibition of alcohol for an entire decade, you know, years ago. So uh, and look where that boomeranged back. Um, that was those must have been crazy times. Can you imagine today if they, if they made alcohol illegal? So. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it's it's obviously a learning curve and and, and whatnot. Um, but what kind of uh, I, I have any other players joined with you in your mission here? Have I met any other players? Yeah, I mean, have many have joined with you? He was wondering who else? Who else? Oh man, I don't state names, but um, but the, yeah, I'm, but the name, I but I don't know who wants to be known for what right, right. now, you know, because but, of the stigma, you know, I'm, and I don't like putting people. No, no, but yeah. But I'm just saying, in terms of numbers, is it you know, it's several hundred? Would you say or? Yeah, I would say that. Okay, all right, gotcha. I would say that. Well, I, re I remember Chuck Muncy, famous chair, the late, great Chuck. The late Chuck uh, Muncy. I, I know he would probably be on the bandwagon with you. <laughs> <laughs> And you guys ought to get a hold. So. You ought to get a hold of Bill Walton as too. I'm I, I'm sure he'd uh, he probably has some interesting advocacy things to say. Sapphire, have you been, have you heard from him at all or? No, not no. Bill. But um, to answer your other question, we have gotten people like Ricky Williams, mm -hmm. um, Eugene Monroe, who just got cut from the Ravens, mm -hmm. um, has been outspoken and donated lots of money for cannabis research. There you go. Well, there must be some good research now. Things. What do we know more now today about cannabis that we didn't know five, ten, twenty years ago? I mean, everyone's just kind of uh, you know castigated it years ago, but we're obviously there's there's great medical use for this, right? Uh -oh. You asking me or, or Stephanie? Okay, Brandon. Brandon, go ahead. Um, so say, say the question one time. Well, I'm just saying, what do we know more t today about cannabis? When you say education and awareness, uh, what, what, are the, what are the more current uh, and, and um, strong talking points that we know now that we didn't know 5, 10, 20 years ago? Well, I'll say that as far as we, it's just, um, I guess, the basis of the population because as far as known, mm -hmm. um, I mean, marijuana has been known to do all the things that we're bringing to life for a long, long time, much more than five, ten years ago. Um, it's more, it's more like uh, I want to say the Freedom Information Act and the 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 freedom for people to get the correct information that the stigma wasn't behind before. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, like, and that's why I really kind of want to do the studies now because I already know what it's going to produce. Right. But to get people on board, you need the legitimacy. But, I mean, we have people with dementia, people with uh, HIV. We have uh, glaucoma. We have, uh, you know, I'm hearing about cannabis oil now for, for even children and epilepsy, epilepsy. So, anyway, we'll explore more of that. Brandon, huh, thanks for being our guest, and uh, good luck with everything, okay? We'll come right back. All right, with, appreciate it. All right, we'll come right back with uh, more of It's My Life right after this. Hang on. All right, 
We're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. A big thank you, as always, to our amazing roster of sponsors. UBS with Michael Caranta and Drew Friedis could not do this show without UBS. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. We've got two sets of them. Signature Analytics with Jason Kruger, CPA, an excellent CFO firm, as well as more traditional CPAs, Plato Epic CPAs with Dawn Epic and Paul Polito. Also, Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, all this money our CPAs and real estate experts make. How about Geiger Law Office? Brenda Geiger, attorney at law, specializes in asset protection and estate planning. California Republic Bank with Sean Puckett and Lane Elliott, a very neat niche market bank that specializes in the needs of wealthy families and family offices. Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm. Also, the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Speaking about somebody who knows a lot about money, Paul Hines, CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, and of course, Paul, heads up the Senior Safe and Sound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial elder abuse. Nathan Watkins, Worldwide Credit. Interest rates remain low. They probably will for some time if you need to buy or refinance. Nathan Watkins with Worldwide Credit. And if listening to this show, Joe, is making you hungry... Well, there's two other sponsors we should talk about. Lestat's Coffee Houses, uh, about to open their third one on University Avenue. First two are in, well, first one's on Adams. That one's on Park Boulevard. They're a great sponsor of ours. And also the Berry Good Food Foundation and Michelle Lirac, uh, who do also great work in the food field. And they've all been working with us, Richard, for many, many decades. Many right? years, and, and we give them all very high marks, too. Right. And to find out, uh, <laughs> and to find out more about them, just get over to iymoney.com. There's a sponsor tab at the top of the page. There's a drop-down menu you can click on any one or all of them and get all their information right there so actually this segment we have in studio with us uh a, a, a criminal an attorney a criminal, criminal. <laughs> <laughs> well we have uh, sapphire blackwood who work, who's uh works with green capital ventures also no you're, yes okay so that's that's your firm and you are a business attorney a cannabis business attorney not criminal defense i'm actually technically a lawyer i graduated law school but didn't gotcha. end up taking the bar. Gotcha. A little too busy with yeah, everything else. Everything okay. else, yeah. Wonderful. And let's, can we give your website? Do you want to give a website? Or? Sure. Um, www.greencapitalventures.com. Um, and then again, uh, I also work for Gridiron Cannabis. Gotcha. So that's actually how and I met you, Hua. And you're based in, in San Diego. And then mm -hmm. on the line with us, we have uh, David Hua, who goes by Hua. And um, David is CEO and co-founder of an organization called Meadow. So, Hua, thanks, uh, thanks for being on the show. Welcome. Our pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah. So let's see. Um, let's start with, with your organization. Give us some of your background, Hua, and um, what, what does uh, Meadow do? What do you plan to accomplish? Sure. Um, so Meadow started a couple years ago. We build technology in the candidate space. So how that manifests itself uh, currently is uh, one, being able to help patients get safe and reliable access to medical cannabis, mm -hmm. uh, usually in the form of delivery uh, mm -hmm. at getmeta.com. And then the second is for patients that don't have a recommendation or need an evaluation, we have MedoMD, which allows them to get a evaluation from the comfort of their home online. Yes. Now, um to get a medical marijuana card, I guess you help us, you assist people with that process, right? Yep, we connect them with licensed physicians in California. Gotcha. Uh, over a, a, 
Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, well, how's it going? I mean, how's it, you, when did you launch and uh, how are you progressing? Things are going really well. Um, you know, I think we launched in October 2014. Mm -hmm. And ever since we sort of got on, a lot of momentum has been moving forward on decriminalization across the country, on legalization on the medical side as mm -hmm. well. There are 25 states that have it. And on the adult use side, which there are four states that currently have it. Um, in California, we're around 38% of zip codes that we cover. Mm -hmm. um, and we're expected to vote on legalization at the adult use level sometime in November. Gotcha. So the, uh, the, the physician's card that's required, is that just in California or does, do all the other states uh, require that? Uh, all, all those states require it. The, however, the qualifying conditions are a little bit different. Mm. Um, California is the first state that had medical marijuana, uh, medical, cannab medical cannabis, um, in 1996. <coughs> so we've, we've been at it for a, a lot longer, and our conditions are, are more open. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, so let's see. Sapphire, what's been your experience? How did you cross paths with uh, with GetMetal.com? Actually, Hua reached out to the Gridiron Cannabis um, website, mm -hmm. and uh, I reached back out to him. I think I apologized to him for taking so long to actually get back to him, and he said, oh, thank you for actually getting back to me. Yeah. Um, he wanted to partner up because Hua focuses on medical um, cannabis, and obviously that's what we do with research and development with our former NFL players. Yeah. Well, I know in 96, uh, California passed Prop 215, which made uh, first legalized medical marijuana, right? Were we, were we the first state to do that? Yes. Gotcha. And, and then all of a sudden, it seemed like there was a big crackdown in the, from the federal level uh, about this when it had already been approved for treating chronic pain, spasticity, you know, glaucoma arthritis migraines and um and i think that might have been during the uh i hate to ca cast dispersion on any particular administration but i think during the bush administration uh they cracked down on a lot of that right yeah unfortunately a lot of crackdowns happening at the farmer uh you know level um people in northern california mm -hmm. have suffered a lot from the hands of the federal government and the dea yeah, I was wondering. I mean, we had, the state of California had approved it, and yet we have the federal come, the feds come crashing down on us. So it was uh, it was kind of confusing at that time. But uh, things are uh, getting a little more uniform and, and uh, organized now, aren't they? Or yeah, I mean, well, we basically have um, you know a, a set of laws that just passed um, beginning of this year. A medical uh, it's called MCRSA, mm -hmm. the Medical Cannabis Regulation and Safety Act. Mm -hmm. And so this actually puts together a more robust framework uh, for how medical cannabis should be regulated in uh, California. Before yeah. it was Prop 215 and SB 420, which is a little bit more in the gray area because it's based off of the collective model. Uh -huh. But with uh, MCRSA, uh, we should have more protection and more uh, clear guidelines on how to operate yeah. uh, starting in 2018. And as far as tax revenue, I asked one of the prior guests, and he wasn't entirely sure, but uh, like Colorado, how much, you know how much money the state is reaping in on, uh, on these things? And I guess the other states too, right, Washington? And do you have any, any uh, numbers for us or off the top yeah, of Yeah, I mean, are you in 2015 or yeah. last? Yeah. I mean, sales last year was almost a billion dollars in Colorado. 
You're and it was like 996. It was like super close to reaching a billion. All right, let's call it a billion. And so what, how much does the state make on that? Uh, about 135 million wow. in taxes. Wow. So what's crazy is about 35 million of dollars of that went to schools. Huh. And this was actually higher than the amount that they earmarked. So they had more money, more tax revenue than what they had to do, you know, than to do it. Um, so they gave it, they had the option of giving it back to the residents, but the residents said, no, just keep it, give it back to the school. I'm so, surprised the rate uh, is that low. That's about 13 and a half percent. You're telling me, right? Uh, basically. Mm -hmm. Huh. I'm yeah. surprised. I, I would thought it'd be a little higher than that, but I'm surprised. So, <laughs> but still, that's that's uh, a lot of uh, new revenue for the state, you know. And, and yeah, but I mean, from 2014, it was only 76 million. So we're looking at almost doubling from 2014 to 2015. Huh. That'd... For Colorado. Yeah. So what's the projection for um, for California? You think? I mean, we should be able. To... Uh, I mean, we're we're currently at. I think it's like two point four billion, um, but it might be like five or six billion uh, moving forward in the next couple of years, and then legalization happens. So uh, we'll see. I mean, most markets have five x overnight. Uh huh. Um, we don't know what California is going to do, but you know, it's not in the bag yet. There's still a vote to be to happen in November, uh -huh. and we're really hopeful that you know people go out and vote for it. Gotcha. Now, does uh, getmetal.com, is that, do you serve all the states where marijuana is legal or just um, California? We're just in California. Gotcha. I mean, California is the sixth largest economy. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just, it's where we believe um, we can anyway. have the most impact. There you go. Anyway, we've yeah. got to take a little break. We'll be back with Hua and Sapphire Blackwood, writer for this. Hang on. Good Hawaiian music there, Justin. We're back with Sapphire Blackwood and Hua up in San Francisco with GetMeadow.com, who helps people get their medical marijuana cards. And uh, Sapphire, just to, re to reiterate, um, she does community outreach for Gridiron Cannabis, and she works as a senior associate in the cannabis consulting and investment firm here in San Diego. And um, anyways, uh, well, let's talk about the football players. We were talking at the break a little bit. So um, I guess uh, there's some... Movement afoot amongst the NFL uh, players. Uh, what, what, what did you want to mention about that, Hua, with the, with the player and all that? Oh, well, I think what you're finding, uh, NFL players are speaking out against um, NFL and, and trying to get medical cannabis as something that they could use. Uh, so you've had former NFL players really step forward, uh, and that's what Sapphire uh, that's why, actually, I reached out to Sapphire in the beginning. I saw yeah. Kyle Turley and Ricky Williams doing some um, out community outreach on it, but now you're seeing some existing players uh, speak out. Was Ricky, who, who was the player he suffered? Uh, oh, I'm thinking of Terrell Davis. He had suffered with migraine headaches and he was playing in the Super Bowl, for God's sake. Uh, uh, but when you think about it, you know, opiates versus, for pain, you know, opiates versus cannabis, I think even, even the... Um, you know, someone who just doesn't have much knowledge about it, the average uh, per, layperson would say, you know, I think the cannabis would be the safer choice, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would totally agree. I mean, opiates are a huge problem. 47,000 people overdosed last year on opiates and, um, and painkillers, whereas 
you cannot overdose on on cannabis. And yeah. going off that, every legal medical state has um, decreased their opiate overdose. Huh. Uh, and that's a huge, huge problem. And I think I think we do have to lay some of the blame at the feet of the of the um, you know medical industry out there. Uh, you know, in the over the abuse of prescription drugs, uh, and that's where most of the problems come in. With uh, even amongst youth, they go into their parents' cabinet and find uh, things in there uh, and start experimenting. Is that pretty much typical sapphire? Would you say or? Um, yeah, I mean, we also strongly advocate against opiate use, um, trying to figure out an alternative, and that's kind of one of the points of gridiron cannabis is to research medical cannabis, um, not only for, you know, uh, neurological benefits and to oh, reduce pain um, or as a pain management, but also to um, get people off opiates and the dangers of using opiates, especially when these concussion injuries um, can mess up these guys' brains and the way they act. Um, we mm -hmm. see a lot of violence um, and other forms of depression, and a lot of guys end up um, committing suicide, which yeah. is also a big problem in the veteran community. Yes. I was just going to mention uh, there's probably some overlap there the, with uh, uh, the, the, the veteran community that can probably get some beneficial use from, from this. So. Um, but, um, well, I'm looking on the normal website, and folks, you should get over there and, and check it out. There's norml.org. They've been around since 1970, and uh, also, you know, a ton of information about, about what's going on in, in chapters and, and whatnot. Um, I'm more of a libertarian. You know, I don't partake, but um, I think if there's enough medical evidence out there that, that people will get benefit from, from uh, cannabis, then who am I to say, you know, don't do that? Obviously, it's, uh, you know, that compared to alcohol. I mean, you can, you can make the argument that alcohol has a lot more damage, done a lot more damage uh, in, in terms of, you know, violent crime, uh, accidents, everything else uh, versus marijuana. But I'm sure there's data going on, all social scientists coming down with uh, data all the time, right, uh, Sapphire, about this? Um, yeah, it's seeming uh, a lot of violent crimes end up going down after the legalization of cannabis and, and um, legal states and medical states. Um, it's, it's, a, it's valuable um, data as well as research that we're getting from mm -hmm. these states that have legalized. Good, good, good. Well, now you wanted to, you and who wanted to talk about an event, an LGBT LGBT event you did, had uh, what last month or when? actually on Friday. Oh, okay, Friday. Yeah. Tell us what happened. What did you want to tell us about that, Sapphire? Um, well, I just, um, I kind of wanted to uh, start this LGBTQ outreach within the cannabis um, industry. Uh, I know they're fairly um, integrated in history, but not in practice. Um, and when you said um, Prop 215 in 1996, Six, yeah. um, it was actually San Francisco in the Castro District that passed the first um, that legalized the first ever medical cannabis um, dispensary in San Francisco back in 91. Because it helped people with wasting disease and it helped people with, uh, you know, no appetites and, you know, you need to eat. And uh, so not to mention all the other benefits from it, but that was one of the triggering events, right? Right. The HIV AIDS epidemic, um, actually, George Bush Sr.'s administration shut down, um, I can't remember the federal act that it was called, but they used the name Compassion Care through that federal act, people were actually allowed to receive cannabis as a medication through federal law. Mm. Um, when HIV AIDS, um, the HIV AIDS epidemic started um, in the 80s, 
90s, back then it was still called gay cancer. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of people didn't like the fact that these gay men were able to receive medical cannabis as a treatment. And some see that as a reason why that administration shut down that compassionate care program. Huh. Well, that's unfortunate. But um, anyway. Uh, so, so Hua was yeah. nice enough. You know, I reached out to him. We had chatted before um, about Gridiron and see how we can collaborate. And I reached out and said, hey, what do we, what, why don't we do a Pride event? SF Pride was this past weekend. I'm going to go up there anyway. I think we can do, do a party out of this. And mm -hmm. Hua was amazing, said, let's do it at our headquarters. Um, it was awesome. Hua, you want to tell a little bit more about how the party went? Yeah, it was great. I mean, we also <laughs> had uh, Brownie Mary uh, group par a part of it. And what's cool is the, the Brownie Mary group um, was basically started because of Brownie Mary Rastan, who was one of the first people that was helping the HIV uh, epidemic by giving brownies to these uh, HIV patients in, oh. um, you know, back before like 91. Um, and so there's a group and a bunch of different chapters across the state uh, that have basically taken their values and, and spreading that to make sure that patients have access, but also they're pretty involved in the, the legalization movement now too. Huh. I'm looking up the Brownie Mary. Apparently, she passed away in, in 99, but she was a big advocate for many, many years, right? Huge. Yeah. I mean, she went to jail for it, and then things she got out. And I mean, all she wanted to do was alleviate the pain of uh, these patients. And making these brownies uh, really sort of gave her uh, status. And uh, working with Dennis Perone mm -hmm. on initially Prop P, which was allowing buyers clubs to happen in 91. Someone ought to and do then, a documentary. Uh, maybe you should do a film or documentary on her if it hasn't been done already. A she's, musical. A, mu a musical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy, right? Like you have these, um, you know, these giants uh, that we, we look at that really paved the way for all of this. Yeah. Um, her, Dennis Perone, Harvey Milk. Yeah, I just did a big show on uh, on uh, Mage Costanza. The first, it took till 1977 until there was a woman in the White House as an advisor to a president. Uh, she advised Jimmy Carter. Uh, but you know, these everyone stands on the the shoulders of these pioneers. You know, Muhammad Ali. You know, the ones uh, when they're going against the, uh, against the tide. You know, these are the people that really need our our admiration. I think. Absolutely. You know, but yeah, you should talk amongst your uh, peers up there and see if you can get a, a film or documentary. Because to be honest with you, until you just mentioned her name, I, I'm ignorant. I did not know of Brownie Mary, but I'm looking on Wikipedia and I'm thoroughly impressed. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so more people, yeah, so more people need to know, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of our point with having this pride party. Um, obviously, it was a good time. You know, people showcased their products and everything else. We mm -hmm. hung out at um, who was headquarters in uh, Soma District in San Francisco. Um, so it was a good time overall, but uh, much needed education. So who are you? You and Sapphire, you can weigh in too. But as far as, because we only have about a minute left, but uh, the, um, the, um, atmosphere in, in Sacramento, does it look like uh, this is going to get passed? I, I guess there's a lot of, you know, public support, but what do you think amongst legislation, legislators? Do you think uh, there's favorability? How's, how's Gavin, yeah, I mean, how about Gavin Newsom on this? Huh. Is, I mean, Gavin Newsom was great. He was at uh, the NCIA, the National Cannabis uh, Summit, last week, and he spoke as a keynote. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think where, where Gavin's coming from, he sees this as a really great way for small, uh, small businesses and farmers to 
create something for themselves mm. and believes in you know access. Uh, I think the legislators have been pretty open about creating a, a framework. I think a lot of the time they were just trying to gather context mm -hmm. on how all this is working. Um, but MRSA, now it's MCRSA is going through and there's some cleanup language and you know, right after that, now it's being handed over to the regulators and there's 12 different groups uh, managing that. So we'll see what type of Wonderful. roles they come up Wonderful. with. Wonderful. Anyway, we've got to wrap it right there. Hua, thanks so much for being our guest. GetMetal.com will be on our website. And thank you, Sapphire Blackwood uh, with Green Cannabis Ventures for being our guest. Richard, always great to see you on our soundboard. Justin Hart, thanks for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanke, our account executive. And to Dave Sniff, our programming genius for K4B. All these podcasts are commercial free on iWebMoney.com. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now.